You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. You are listening to a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. Yeah, that's what I dislike. Okay, thank you. You, you just got married, right, Nick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about mother, bro. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Our, our wonderful comic artist, Lady Lacewan. Hello, guys. Um, my name is Lacewan. I'm a contract work- worker with probably the same company as Ben Menon Wong. Uh, I'm not, I'm also not in the tech industry, but I actually studied IT um, in my uni years. So what I like, I like art and craft. What I don't like, I don't like getting lost when I'm driving, especially. Yeah. Thank you. Very humble, Lalesan. Huh? What? Really? <laughs> she, she's like a comic, uh, like you know, she does doodles and everything. But I, I never knew that you had a <coughs> IT background. This one. Yeah. So you, you, you're meant to be here. I know. See how she. all my knowledge. Uh so uh, two of our friends dropped off the call, but they are letting me know that they, they can't seem to get in. They keep they keep trying, but we'll move on, like Mr. Salosin. Yes, uh, good evening. I'm uh, Nicholas uh, without the H. I work as a web developer at a private radio station known as BFM, and uh, some something that I like. Um, wow. Okay. Well, noodles and having a balanced <laughs> diet. And I really dislike it when uh, birds drop, do put their droppings onto your car and then after that you have to wash the car after that. Yeah. <laughs> and one tip, don't park on the street lamps. Definitely they'll, they'll hammer your car after that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, I guess I'll go and, last. And uh, Elton, Elton, I think I'm the same T-shirt. So nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google, Google Cloud. Yeah. Oh. I think I went for the nice. conference as well. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, I I go last. Um, so I'm Arun. Um, I am a product manager slash developer relations at a local online classifieds company called Moda My. Um, and one thing I like is to to be fit and look healthy and good. One thing I do, sorry. Um, one thing I don't like is to eat healthy food that gets me there. I yep, I I. I. <laughs> Took a while to sink in, but okay. Uh, <laughs> bro, that's contradicting, lah. Yeah. No, it's not contradicting. I don't like to eat healthy food, despite liking to look healthy. Okay. 
We can all agree. Work-life yeah. balance, work-life balance. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so since it's a tech uh, meetup, so we got to go into the logic <laughs> area and make sure it makes sense. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, think, I think we've all went through a round of uh, intro. Um, I, uh, the, our friends who drop off the call, they can't make it, but we will we'll, hopefully when they come in later, they can introduce themselves. But for... Can, can I share as well? Can I share as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. How can we miss you? No worry. Uh, I'm Sun. I work for Fedtech, as I mentioned before, basic Bangkok, Thailand. I like exercise, so I love to go to the gyms. I don't like plant-based diet. I just start to practice plant-based diet, and it's so suffering to me, at least. I mean, just like, yeah, but somehow some philosophy in my mind that I want, would like to practice it, but it's so suffering, yeah. Contradiction, no logic. <laughs> Similar to my problem also. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so for this round, right, it's the first round. So we want to keep it casual. Want to you know build build momentum kind of a thing. So it's not going to be like a speaker having a session to talk about a topic. Instead, what we're going to do is <coughs> to spend maybe the next 15, 20 to twenty-five minutes or however long it takes. To talk about the topic, discuss and share ideas, and just you know enable that kind of a knowledge transfer, learning experience transfer kind of thing. So the topic that we wanted to talk about for this round is actually very similar to what um, Son and I were talking about earlier, which is back to the part of where um, if we look at Malaysia, since it's the KL chapter, and there are all a lot of these talents that um, uh, are attending church on a regular basis not knowing how they can contribute. So the discussion will be, how can we, what can we do about this? How can we engage them? And if we engage them, how can we empower them to start looking at how they can use their skills to, to contribute to the ministry? Um, so that is why if you notice that this, this uh, meetup has not just tech people. So one of the person who accidentally got dropped off the call earlier is actually a youth pastor. So David David Young earlier, um, he's a youth pastor at GT um, Clang, and even Andrew is also um, very active in the ministry uh, at his church, um, and a lot of us here are actually active in the ministry as well. So we want to think about ideas and solutions um, with the stakeholders involved, right? So that we can get insights from all sides. So is this topic uh, clear enough for us to start discussing, or should we? Dive in deeper, a bit more, if you don't understand. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. For a start. Yeah. So maybe we can start by talking about what's, what's the context in your local church. Like, you know, what, what do you notice? And what have you thought about it or something like that? And feel free to go first. It's, it's, I'm just moderating only. Yeah, maybe I'll start. Yep, cool. Um, I mean, I've been very happy to play my role in church as a youth leader all this while, just doing the regular youth leader stuff. Uh, recently, uh, I think maybe about one and a half, maybe two years ago, I was introduced to this group of guys which I just linked in the chat. So they have a YouTube channel, they produce tons of videos, and 
basically they do a lot of design and tech work for church and uh, they begin to sell an idea which I, I think I really buy into that uh, unless the church changes its methods for the 21st century we will be missing the primary audience uh, especially if you talk about uh, the millennials and the Gen Z the people are changing the way that the gospel and the message is delivered to these people are changing and if we keep on doing things the same way we do it's like uh, we are ignoring the printing press you know of uh, the 500 years ago and we can't afford to do that so uh, <coughs> sorry that has gotten me thinking about how we can modernize a lot of things we do in church uh, which leads me to a question actually <laughs> Does this group involve people like digital marketers? Do I invite them in? Is that considered tech or not? I think yeah, those who are involved in digital marketing are considered tech people also because uh, that can actually uh, bring in a lot of uh, things in like marketing stuff because uh, marketing is actually very important <coughs> if you want to uh, develop something new. Yeah, and now this invites on all the you know the, the big the big tech platforms are Google, Facebook, that's that's where it's all at. Yeah. So yeah, that, that started me on the journey of thinking about how we need to use technology for catch up. Yeah. Remain whether it's about social media or sermon podcast. I don't know about your catch up, but we are very far behind. So we are just learning, in up catching up. Uh, when it comes to sorry, software development or app development, uh, what we did was we engaged uh, one of our own church members to develop our own, uh, basically a CRM system like, to track our church members, their attendance. Uh, so when we follow up on them, we have our own internal database and the elders can see what we're doing and things like that. So we build our own internal system, still iterating on it. Mm experimenting. I think when I was a student, yeah, when I was a student, I built my own uh, lyrics projection software for my church. Uh, and uh, for with a very particular need in mind, which is uh, instantaneous chord transpositions. So if we sing a song, we, we didn't rehearse, I would be able to pull out the chords instantly and transpose it to any key that we want uh, and show it to the musicians live. So I did that as my final year project as a student. But we never used it yet. <laughs> I use it now. If I need, if I need the song lead, I use it to pull out songs and change the chords to any key I like. <laughs> wow, you you should you should make that available and push it back for people for churches, sir. That's like written in two thousand and <laughs> I don't know four two thousand five. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Okay. Just, just adding to what James was saying earlier, I, and I agree with James. Right? I think anything that, anything can be part of tech, right? Like if we start with the end, with the outcome in mind, and work backwards, then tech is just one of the tools that that get to that outcome. Because all these other components like data or design, graphics, and digital marketing, they are all part of this infrastructure, right? So I think it's it's good to just get. Any, any uh, the diverse set of people, set of skills to be involved with. Uh, well, I think this current uh, COVID-19 situation has really transformed uh, the way the church is uh, actually uh, reaching out to people. And I guess, okay, like example, like I can say that um, 
like the, especially in terms of the services that are being broadcast. So it's like uh, on a Sunday, I can actually uh, view view the broadcast from uh, my local church, Grace Clang, and then after the midnight, I can actually uh, tune into Chuck Pierce and so on. So I think among uh, other things that possibly we could move on the uh, tech side, I think it's like maybe having even like, you know, the Bible studies, all this actually can be uh, broken down and can be done from the conf- from the comfort of home. No one can actually can say, hey, I, I am lazy to come out or what. So these are things that could also also be uh, I mean, looked at, I think, I mean, um, to the tech, uh, especially in terms of fellowships and so on. So just some insights from me. It's like, how do you, can, how can tech, how can we use technology to connect people in a seeming disconnected world, right? Yes, yes, correct. It's about connecting. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add to what James said. Uh, is that uh, I think that uh, things have changed. Uh, permanently some things have changed and uh, we're not going to go back into a different uh, era there was a different era we are moving towards a different era so uh, some things have changed permanently and uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities and uh, people are more uh, readily willing to accept change at this stage of the COVID six months later (laughs) so I think if you want to do something, want to change something, I think it's good to implement it. But what I think is that there should be a collaboration in the kingdom. That means uh, churches coming together and discussing brainstorming because it's a global problem. It's no longer an isolated uh, church issue. Yeah, and this is great. <laughs> yeah, just my two cents. Mm. Nice. Well, I, I really don't know about that though because uh, there's there's some uh, views from certain pastors and all that that still in-person physical meetups in the church is very important uh, because it's better to express in person. But then now with the situation of physical distancing and all that, yeah, I, I know the world is changing and everything is changing. People are going... Uh, remote digital looking at their devices and all that then then I I do not know I mean I find it a bit difficult to break into or convince the pastors of these couple of churches that I I observe that seem to like insist on in-person meetups or something Um, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, there, there is a solution actually. I was all for it, but uh, yeah. Actually, the, uh, when I was talking to some people also, I uh, I thought, I, I was looking at it very, very much in a silo, meaning that uh, we're just looking at the new generation and uh, COVID-19 and people are going online. But what, what I found out, there's like three different types of people going to church. So one is, those going for the worship service. So they, they really love worship, so they go there for the worship. Second group of people, they work for the message. So as long as I reach in time just before the message, I get my uh, my word for the week. I'm good. Then there's the, a different group of people who want the fellowship. They come to church before they want to 
fellowship people they want to they want to encourage somebody they want to give a solution they want to be an answer for somebody's problem so there are different type of people going to church and so we have to look at it from a global perspective like uh, different different types of people different different type of need and and yeah so we cannot solve everything but we can just can at least discuss certain things mm Just, I mean, just adding to what Richard was saying, right? I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I also agree with what Nicholas was saying that um, adoption is not, is not unanimous, lah. Some people still, some uh, church, some churches still want to have the physical meeting and everything, and it's a bit difficult. But I think that for the longest time, technology has, has sort of appeared as a villain in a in the ministry mm. for some ministries, lah. I remember my personal experiences when. I try to introduce something new. Um, it always gets resisted pretty heavily. Um, but I do think that a lot of things happen um, in that Kairos moment, right? That 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 God-appointed timing. If we look at it statistically from a startup perspective in a in a corporate world, if you look at Airbnb and Uber, I read this. Uh, I think I watched this TED talk before, where this this VC was breaking down the analysis on what made Uber and Airbnb successful. It wasn't the idea. It wasn't the team. It wasn't the technology. It was simply the timing, because the the idea of me renting out a portion of my room or my house to a stranger is absurd, and the idea of me getting into a stranger's car to get to a point where a destination is absurd. But the timing was right because US was just hit by the recession, the global financial crisis, and people didn't mind doing those things for the extra income. So if Uber and Airbnb had fallen, uh, had started ahead of time, like earlier than that, they might not have become a, what they are today. So like that, I personally believe that this this year especially mm. is kickstarting this new norm, yeah, and and a new norm that I, is yet to be defined, which means we are sort of at that that junction where we can contribute by saying this is part of norm. People are intrinsically open to receive the news. That's why I believe, lah, personally, mm. the timing is right. Like now is the time to go and, and start building the stuff and say, okay, it's going to be a problem. Let's work on this kind of solution. My two cents, lah. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and uh, I think my one of my churches can be said as an example, uh, where maybe about a year ago I wrote an essay, you know, explaining to them. Especially what I learned from the link I sent just now, Project Tools, they got hundreds of videos. Explain to them like, if we don't uh, modernize certain things, and I, I know there's counter arguments to this, right? Like, why people go to church, and uh, but I was just sharing my opinion and say that if you don't modernize the certain things at the church, uh, we will become obsolete, like you know, like blockbuster, like the yellow taxi cabs. If you 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 will disappear, you will die, <laughs> like the currently now the what do you call it, the brick and mortar shops. Now they are suffering in the face of e-commerce, especially because of the catalyst of COVID-19. Uh, they are really starting to feel the pain now, and the church will go through a very similar experience because you can get the best sermons online any time of the day at your convenience. You can get the best worship experience. I mean, you know, you put on your headphones, close your eyes, you're there. It's the best. Why would? Why do you need to go to your local church? So the church has to answer this question. They have to figure out where where is our place. As the local church, rather than trying to compete with you know, 
the top speaker in the entire planet, you know, rather than trying to get create the, the mass uh, worship session, you, you're competing with the best in the entire planet. You can't, you simply can't, right? So what is the niche that your local church is going to provide? That's one thing we've got to figure out. And yet at the same time, we also have to figure out how we're going to reach to the next generation because if you don't, your church is wiped out within one generation, right? Uh, you don't reach the next generation, give yourself 20 years, bye-bye. You've got no one left in your church. Your old people will retire, they will pass away, and there is no one else to carry the torch. You don't have new speakers, you don't have new trainers, new leaders. It's, you're just gone as a church. So I'm thinking more of, of that uh, pragmatic approach. Uh, and to me, when I see that, I see COVID-19, of course, in all its problems that it brings, it is a catalyst. And for my church, like I've been trying to pitch to them, you know, what about social media? What about um, live streaming your, your services? What about engaging people through uh, WhatsApp or through, you know, calling people frequently or sending out, basically things like that. Uh, and it took a while, but when COVID-19 hit, uh, I think within a span of a few months, uh, everything changed so now I think we have daily content on our social media platforms mm. we live stream our prayer meetings we live stream our Sunday services uh, because it's not that the leaders were resistant but uh, they had to see the need and the people had to see the need and COVID-19 showed everyone clearly mm. that there is a there is a need and not only a need once that need is gone it is still an avenue to reach people that are not in your immediate vicinity so there is a benefit for it yeah so we have changed tra tremendously in the last six months say as a so i said yeah covid19 is a catalyst uh unless really refuse to to uh, go and fight fight the wave i don't know yeah i really like what you just said andrew and yeah i do agree and from my experience like uh, i mean as a thai people i see a lot of churches that they try to adapt themselves into digital um, but they really struggle because like i would say that digital transformation is more about culture more than just like technical stuff it's more than software development it's more about like how do you treat those people how do you think how do you behave and uh, bring that people to come in and work together and culture and I see a lot of churches that they are suffering because they they know that they have to change right now but they have no people they don't know how to uh, they don't know the word pro product manager they don't want know the, how to design experience online even offline maybe um, so they don't know a lot of things and they don't have a culture that accept tech people uh, they don't speak tech language um, yeah I mean I'm so sad to see like a huge gap uh, I would say like somehow it's catalyst but they're still struggling on how to bring those people to work with them yeah that's my two cents mm. how about you guys um swanee and uh, so this one sorry this one uh Anthony, ben I go first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. <laughs> uh, I, I share a little bit. Uh, I do have some uh, ideas, but it's uh, not very solid or what. That's why we really can discuss together. So I think just now what uh, Sun is now about, about digital transformation and everything. So I did thought of uh, like uh, in, in church, in, in our services, uh, we have a lot of things are uh, actually routine work. Uh, 
we a lot of uh, especially for the leaders or administrative firms is very routine. So maybe we can like uh, utilize the uh, automation tools, uh, build some automation tool to to automate automate some of the processes uh, so that the pastor the leaders can do more more on the human work uh, like caring uh, talking. But a lot of those uh, administrative work uh, I think maybe we can we, we, it can be automated uh, by using you know. I don't know anything like uh, auto automation tool. Then the second thing I thought of is actually also related, uh, which is what just now I think Stan before a bit about the uh, CRM. Uh, I believe that in church we have a lot of data. Uh, we have a lot of uh, members data, attendance, and then we have a lot of age group, events, a lot of data. But all of this data I think is not so systemized. Uh. We should not so digitalize. Uh. It's just paper or maybe it's just a uh, written form. Uh. So actually all, all this data I think it can be uh, like make it more systemized. The, the main reason is not to make it a form or something. I think it's the data behind uh, the insight. Uh, what what those are analysis and then uh, what are the insight or uh, what, what are the pattern or uh, what, what are the behavior. So here's the second thing I'll talk about is the data. And then which is uh, the third thing uh, what to, to talk also about the uh, uh, reaching out. Uh, uh, which is just now I think uh, you also mentioned about the digital marketing. Uh, like, uh, like, you know, you know uh, like, Utilize all these uh, big data, uh, SEO, all these things to understand like how to reach out. Uh, no, it's, it's, I think in church right now we do a lot of physical, like we go door to door to the spreading gospel. But actually, the another more effective way is actually in social media. Uh, but the social media, what I mean, is not only like posting Instagram or what, but uh, it's more on the personalized content, uh, how to reach out to uh, potential people, how to reach out to, uh, you know, some kind of people. They, 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 are, they, are, they are lost, they need their, they need God, but nobody reached out to them. So, so if we utilize all this data to analyze social media patterns or behaviors also so that we can reach out to them. And then the last thing is a follow-up, which is I think this uh, COVID-19, uh, I'm not sure about other churches, but my churches is actually, uh, there's actually a small group of people already uh, start to, I mean, uh, loosen down, I mean like, to say like stop stop attending church uh, because they already it's like a norm already like six months online then after that now even my church will open uh, a lot of group people they, they already start to missing already uh. so uh, i think you know, this thing the number four uh, is follow up which is related to the second one data uh, if we have all those data in, in the system then we know like oh who are missing oh who, who are who are the one that uh, started to do some because i think currently all is mainly on our memory like, oh I think uh, very long didn't see you, so I need to follow up with you. But we, we have all this data, all this uh, digitized, all this, all this uh, thing, then I think we are, I think it will bridge uh, the, the faith and tech uh, together to create a small insight. Uh. So uh, yeah, I think this is some of the idea, uh, but not, not too uh, solid yet. Uh, maybe uh, not sure about <laughs> what you guys think. I personally think it's great. <laughs> I, th- I, mean, I, I, think, I think it's good to have more and more of these, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember last time, uh, I think early this year or early last year, I can't remember. I, was, I went to Alpha. You guys know Alpha, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I went to meet Alpha and uh, Alpha's, uh, Alpha's in-house uh, IT guy, Patrick Young, supposed to join the call as well. And I think he's un- unavailable. And we were discussing about doing a hackathon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, hey, you know what? Let's just do a hackathon. Just give a promise statement and see what people come up with. 
but at the time the awareness of this and the the buy-in was not there at, at, at that scale but now you know like it's so nice to see that the awareness is slowly coming up and more and more people have a similar kind of a mindset and, and ideas and all this so completely in agreement with what you said Alpani yeah. I was thinking also like maybe because just now I think what you say is like what I say is like very big maybe we can start with some small problems and see how we can uh, to solve like maybe a small one to go for yeah yeah actually um, last year um, the, the pastor of my church we knew Lou Twenty he actually prophesied that there will come a time when we cannot gather in churches anymore. And I really didn't expect that this is the time that he actually prophesied. He actually prophesied in October last year or July last year that there will come a time when we cannot even go to church. So at that time, at that point in time, I thought I was absurd, but then it was a good opportunity to try to think of what to do in tech and then well, it turns out that this is the time, so I guess we can do something. Um, okay, so I never knew, I think this is very eye-opening for myself. Uh, I didn't know there was such a big gap for tech in churches. Uh, I think in the corporate world, we all always speak about IR 4.0, digital transformation, right? Uh, but I think we also should go into, especially this is a good platform for us to go into churches that need it. Uh, I think COVID definitely did take a for churches who do not have the infrastructure or are just only doing church on Zoom, right? So how do we do church now? Everything is just on Zoom. But I think for the churches who are a bit more prepared, that's where they realised that, hey, this has been something that we should have invested in or... Uh, investing in it did definitely help the church a little bit. So, I think first thing first is awareness. Uh, awareness of why they need it or awareness of how uh, the reach would be much wider, much bigger. Uh, but there's a pros and cons thing. I uh, think like personally for me, like wow, now church online is just so much easier. Uh, you know, it's fast. It's at the tip of my fingers. I don't have to drive to church, you know, find parking and things like that. Uh, but also in, in my church, what we are doing now, we are practicing uh, like a group of people go to, you know, go to somebody's house and then we do church together there. So there is still a form of community instead of just doing church alone at home. So I think awareness is the first thing that will be needed to be done if we want to implement tech uh, in the ministry, in whichever ministry that we are in. Hmm. True. And I uh, guess we are in the step now. Yeah, but uh, sometimes I think, uh, but, uh, what we see is I think if the, the 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 church is in somewhere that is uh, in the urban area or town area where you know internets are okay and so on, then the implementation of tech is possible uh, because all the infrastructures are there. Mm -hmm. But uh, have we just like uh, just given a thought about all those uh, rural areas in Malaysia? And uh, you know, there are, there are so many actually a lot of other places where tech 
accessibility, water, electricity is actually very, very limited. So, yeah, this is another another side that um, is interesting to look at also. I think it's a good thing that you brought that up, Jim, because it, it kind of makes, like what Ben was saying, right, awareness even for ourselves when we're doing this space tech. That technology in this context is not limited to software. It is infrastructure. It's hardware, it's engineering. Yeah. Which means that problem that you just brought up, right? Making a software solution or a, or a whatever solution for a church is one thing. Yeah. But then making that accessible to someone without the infrastructure is a completely different solution. Yes. yes. And, and, what, yeah, and what we are discussing right now and setting the pace for, is setting the pace to actually solve up to those kind of problems. Correct. Correct. In terms of infra. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, it presents a, a good yeah. opportunity as well because uh, I think if I'm if I'm aware, there's there were some projects that were like IoT based, trying to bring uh, this technology into the rural church. Uh, so it's amazing to see that. So yeah, it actually presents itself an opportunity for like you know Internet of Things those those sort of Mm. <laughs> just an observation uh, um, uh, like after COVID came about um, I noticed that not our home church we used to like burn CD cassettes uh, for sermons for those who want to order they can do that um, uh, after the week's sermon, now with uh, everything going online, streaming and YouTube, so basically CDs and cassettes are already obsolete. Lah. So that's um, how uh, churches need to be ready to also embrace what's ahead. I think what what we're experiencing now um, like it's just the glimpse of what ahead um, because now it's, it's, it's virus that keeps us away from attending church physically. Perhaps next time, you know, like they say, our persecution and all those things, we are not, you know, probably we are probably not in Malaysia yet, but like, you know, those countries where they, like churches are illegal and stuff like that, probably this acting needs to yeah be there lah for for them to still gather virtually. Mm. It's the it's the builders kind of <clears throat> ministry. No, just what you were sharing, uh, Lace One, just reminded me of something that um I I can't remember if it was Bible school. The lecturer was um, talking about Moses, and so when Moses led Israel out of Egypt, there were I can't remember the exact number, but was it how many million of how many million people of them were coming out of Egypt? Can any any pastors here help me clarify that number? Andrew, maybe I can't remember, but it was a large amount of people, right? Okay, so let's just say it's a large, it's a huge amount of people. 
And um, so when so when he was talking about that in the in, in class, and he was saying that we look at Moses, and then Moses led the people out of Egypt, and then brought them into the, on the way to the Promised Land, and then uh, at every point of that journey, they had to set set camp, right? And then Moses organized them into twelve tribes, the tabernacle, and everything. And then most people, or rather most of the time, we talk about those that story. We stop at that part, and then we stand it all of the journey. But we don't dive into the details of what it takes to make the journey happen on a daily basis. And then he started bringing up like, could you imagine for for that many people, what about their sanitization, toilet, food wastage, rubbish? It was administration, it was infrastructure, it was logistics. These things were not highlighted and I guess a lot of people won't, won't even realize that these things were right there happening in the background to make things work. And I think if we, if we fast forward thousands of years to today, that's what this infrastructure is about. It is not the front face limelight kind of a ministry, but it's the thing that is the machinery at the back to, to, to gear up the, the today's church for tomorrow's missions to make things happen. It is a new infrastructure technology because the community is online. Just to show, just thought of sharing that. Like, it reminded me of that sharing that the lecturer gave. <clears throat> cool. Um, anybody else want to share anything before we move, we move on? Okay, cool. So, uh, oh yeah, okay, Andrew, go on. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a random question. Maybe other than, than CRM, which I think most churches actually need or already have, uh, do you guys see a, a need or a, a gap or a niche in, in terms of tech, uh, especially development work that churches need? Because I, I, I don't, I try to think about it, but other than, you know, streaming, uh, CRM, can't think of any actually. Do you guys know of any or your church already using one or? Do you understand my question? Like, uh, is there a need that tech can feel that you see uh, being used in your church or you see a very big need that is not being filled right now? Other than what can be filled by a CRM or some kind of streaming platform for your services? I guess your question is setting up the stage for our for what we are going to be discussing next. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, also, um, yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do next is just to um, talk about some of the things that we've realized as uh, potential gaps that tech can help to close um, by showing some of solutions that we've been working on and with the hope that it'll inspire more similar things to happen and open our perceptions. Lah. So I guess we we have three, I think. So maybe maybe Son, you can also show your the mentoring platform if you are if you would like to show that. Um but I guess Nic Nicholas can share um the project that he's been working on first. Yeah, um earlier this year the FaceTech did have an online hackathon in relation to COVID nineteen. Um, I was a part of the team that did this uh, project. Actually the rest of the team is in the USA. Uh, and they, they came up with this amazing project that will help uh, people uh, 
that are alone or terminal or something be able to communicate with their loved ones. So I'm going to play a video which is four minutes long uh, explaining about this project it's called Sound of Your Love, soundofyourlove.com is the website. So um, yeah, uh, enjoy it. My grandma uh, and my grandpa live in Florida, and she, right at the cusp of COVID, when everything was starting to shut down, she passed away suddenly. And we weren't, I wasn't able to go down to Florida to see her, and in fact, my grandpa, who had been married to her for decades, couldn't see, couldn't be by her bedside in her final moments because of all the COVID regulations. And so I just thought, there's got to be some way to provide dignity and comfort to people in their final moments when they're separated from their loved ones. Around the same time, my friend James Kelly, who runs an organization called Faith Tech, uh, was running something called a COVID hackathon. So basically, he was bringing people together, um, kind of techie Christians from all around the world, to come up with uh, solutions for how Christians can serve, um, serve the church and serve the world at this time. That's me right there. The way we bonded is we had like a shared mission, a shared goal. We all cared deeply about what it is that we were trying to solve. We may have had different incentives for what brought us there, but ultimately we were united in a couple of things. Number one, we all came from a Christian faith, and number two, uh, we wanted to see something succeed. So we started brainstorming back and forth, and so we came up with this idea, Sound of Your Love. I wanted to make it really easy, regardless of how technologically uh, savvy you were, that you would be able to use it. So we built a service where somebody who's an account holder can set up basically a voice message for their loved one who might be in hospital and then invite other people to call a special number which may be specifically for that loved one to leave messages. And then another, the same phone number with the passcode could then be given to the caregiving facility to replay those messages to the loved one. I just want to let you know how much I love you and that you're not alone right now. I hate that we can't be next to you, but I know that there are amazing nurses and doctors who are taking care of you right now. Obviously, after the launch and the fact that we won, we were able to get in front of some social media. Faith Tech was able to promote us. We had like some churches talking about our product. And then some stories started getting in. So my grandfather actually contracted COVID a couple months after my grandma had passed away. And so here's this precious man recovering from hip surgery, mourning the loss of his love and stuck in a hospital bed with COVID, unable to see any visitors, unable to properly mourn his wife. 
And what's really beautiful is by this point, Sound of Your Love was ready to use. We sent out the number to, um, you know, friends and family members all over the world. And honestly, hearing the messages pour in from all over the place, from Canada, from Florida, from Finland, where my family's from, um, it was so beautiful. I mean, people calling in and just sharing messages of, you know, um, just sharing these memories that they had with my and thanking him for his years of prayer and his years of hospitality with my grandma. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like for him to have all his old buddies and friends reach out to him in his time of need. You know, there's a lot of people who have done such mighty work during this time of COVID. It's the frontline workers, the heroes, the nurses, the doctors who day in, day out put their lives at risk during this time. I'm hoping that we, in any small way, are actually making a difference for the caregiver. And not only that, but for the family. We often talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Now we get to be the voice of Jesus. We get to bring hope and encouragement and dignity to people in their moments of greatest need and suffering. And so let's take this opportunity. Um, let's take this opportunity to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if the video was a bit too emotional, but anyway. Um, uh, so this project is re really wonderful and actually um, I am planning to bring it here as well because I do see a need for it here as well. But uh, uh, instead of uh, being a... I mean, I, I do see a, a need for it here as well. So, but. Um, so far, I tried to partner with somebody, but I think he dropped off contact. So I'm free and looking for anybody who wants to help me get, get this started here. Uh, maybe even any church that wants to kind of help bring this out there as well. Um, I haven't talked to any church yet, but yeah, just uh, yeah, feel free to message me. Actually, it's a wonderful project. It, it was uh, fun helping them work on it, even though they used another programming language but uh, yeah they were still being uh, friendly towards me and uh, yeah hopefully this will be a good project for for Malaysia as well and it probably not just uh, only for Christians or or can be used for evangelism it can be used to reach out to non-Christians especially mm -hmm. Especially uh, those who are in the, you know, it's targeted for those who are in hospitals, hospices, homes, all that. We can, we can do that. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. No worries. Son, you want to share the project with me? Yeah, cool. And yeah, Sound of, Sound of Your Love is amazing. Uh, they are the winner of COVID Hackathon that we ran. So, yeah, it's awesome fully support on that um by the way i just i just want to share 
a little bit more so like from Andrew like point um, I mean when under the FedTech when we talk about projects it's more than just CRM it's more than just uh, a tools that church can use and we primarily focus on the projects that help like when we talk about the marginalized people uh, God calls us to serve these people uh, the local church for sure um, and spread the gospel so it can be a chatbot it can be a, a different ways of like the way how we reach the calling that God calls us to do in the world yeah um, yeah um, let me share some of the project that we did um, this is the Christian mentoring platform uh, we did here in Thailand I just translated from Google Translate so please forgive if the language is like not make any sense uh, it's original in Thai and yeah basically it's like a video call platform that you can find a spiritual mentor and you can talk with them here are some steps uh, yeah we have like 600 users right now we have like 35 mentors uh, yeah let me sh quick show you how it works um, yes uh, yeah so basically it's like have a mentor that you can choose you can choose the age of the mentors and then you can like see the mentors if you pick them uh you're gonna read the profile of this person um yeah you're gonna see a lot of information see some review uh you can book a time and you can choose a topic that you would like to talk with them and yeah book a time and then just oops oops somehow it's broke oh no by the way anyway um yeah and you do video call on the platform so it's like you find search for the christian mentors and then you book the time and you do a video call online and yeah that's what we do here in thailand um yep quick summary on that that's cool yeah i i think that's uh, uh especially in malaysia right? like the context of uh the christian church in malaysia it's a lot of uh the gap between um the founding pioneering ministers of the early days and the current batch of ministers at least in my observation seems to be fairly big and i think there's a lot of uh, wealth of experience in terms of pioneering a ministry or a movement from the senior batch that could and should be transferred to the newer generation of leaders i think mentoring is one of those things that is the best way to do that but i do notice that a lot of my peers as well there's the the difficulties in terms of engaging someone senior to ask because of a lot of issues and i think you know making it something like this where you just click and book a time that i'm not asking i'm just looking i'm not saying i want to teach you i'm just making myself available in case you have questions that's a pretty cool format to work with yeah. sorry guys i have to jump off i have something to do next but i mean i leave you guys and i'm really grateful to be here and so excited to see you guys thank you for having me thanks uh, yep all right thank you all see you best. next week bye yeah. Yeah. see you bye okay. uh, yep. see you bye so now i'm going to share one of the projects that um 
I've been working on. So Richard, um, Richard on the call, Richard and I have been working on something called um, Waymaker. It's essentially a P2P helping platform. Can you guys uh, see my screen? Okay, so this is uh, waymaker.works. So it's not .com because waymaker.com was uh, a $600,000 domain name, which we clearly couldn't afford. <laughs> so the principle is very, 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 very simple. Uh, uh, every user who signs up has uh, two functions. They can either create a request if they need any help. So Waymaker will find the suitable people to help them. Um, so you can create a, a category of requests, put in the details of your need, where do you need help, and then who would you prefer to receive help from. So this is where it gets interesting because if it's a religious need, then you can choose Christian, um, Christian and then send the request. So the request goes to all the Christians on the platform. And when you create a request, people on the platform who are matched to your profile will receive the requests appearing on this needs box. And so these are some of the sample. These are, these are live. Uh, so these are some of the sample requests. It can be anything. It can be something like this for a job. It could be a renovation work. Um, and this one is a real one. So this guy, um, social worker working among the poor community in Taman Tantosa, educating and mentoring young people. So he's looking for some storybooks for children. Um, it could be this guy looking for Ford Ranger ECU, <laughs> um, NGO, so education and skill centers for refugees. And as a user who's reading this request, I can um, respond to any of them. So for example, I can respond to this. And when I respond, um, this user will get a notification like this. Arun, uh, Arun has responded to your request and then they have the option to um, immediately WhatsApp the user. So it's a very simple um, um, platform that we created uh, with the idea of uh, sort of democratizing social, social works and um, putting outreach ministry on technology infrastructure so that when it comes to asking for help, you are no longer limited by your circle of influence and when it comes to offering help, also you're no longer limited by the same circle of influence. So earlier, just now, I think some of us were talking about how church in um, um, in Kali have uh, no issues with adopting technology. I think James brought it up, right? But what about the churches in rural areas? So that was one of the thoughts that we had when we started designing this. It's about when churches had to go online for ministry, um, Kali churches had no issues. But think about that one church in Sarato. Kuching or Sungai Petani, one pastor, 40 members, doesn't know how to use technology. How is he doing it? Who is he asking for help? And he's, he can only ask from people he knows, right? So the resources are limited. And Waymaker is sort of helping him get help from anywhere in the country, in fact, anywhere in the world. So if you look at Google, Google's vision is to equalize access to information. So a millionaire in New York, a farmer in India can both have the same access to information. Then Waymaker stands for equalizing access to resources in that sense. Lah. So that's what we, uh, we've we been building and we just went live a couple of weeks ago. So same like Nicholas, um, Richard and I are also looking for people to join us, especially developers who are passionate about building this. We So I function as a product manager. 
um, we got a couple of freelancers to build it, but we're looking to scale this further by looking for actual tech people to join us. Um, so that's one project, Nicholas Sensor Project, Sound of Your Love, an amazing, amazing initiative, I think, you know, to, re to reach out to people in the, who are in need in the hospitals and the elderly care and everything. Um, and then Son has one project in Thailand that's not, a, not available in Malaysia yet. So these are three examples of what um, I think tech um, could do in terms of what, what we can do as a ministry. Um, and I think the goal of what this meetup is about is to sort of kickstart that, that thought processes and that networks that we can establish to make more of these kind of similar ideas uh, and bringing them to, 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 to fulfillment and also meeting like-minded people to join the team. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can ask now, you can ask later, you can PM us. Um, Nicholas, you want to add something? Uh, yeah, um, actually regarding Sound of Your Love, yeah, that's why I'm trying to bring it, bring the concept here and the things here because currently it's only available in the USA, Europe and Canada. Um, so yeah, if, if there's anyone that's interested, you can just uh, send a message over us or, or, or log on to the Facebook page and I'll try to put a link up there and then you can comment on your message the link something like that yeah nicholas is looking for someone who will him to bring it to malaysia sauna is launching the mentoring platform in thailand and eventually malaysia will be available uh, waymaker is uh, available in malaysia looking for um, developers to join the team um these are three that are available right now and i think um just before we close um Maybe we can just set some, get some feedback from you guys about today and about maybe set some expectations for the next meetup in terms of a cadence, like how frequent do you think we should have it and what do you think we can do for the next round? And, um, yeah. Are we going to create any like WhatsApp group or, or what? Like, how do I reach out to, to you? Are you very interested in the project or? Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking of that as well. Uh, maybe a WhatsApp group. We have a, we actually have a Slack channel on uh, yeah, Facebook, yeah. but not everyone is on Slack. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure Telegram or, or WhatsApp or it can be. <laughs> you can just uh, follow the Facebook page. Um, we try to figure out something. Yeah, maybe for a start we can do WhatsApp because I think that's the larger, the larger group of people are on WhatsApp lah. Uh, what do you get? Yeah, it's just that all our phone numbers are visible to each other, but anyway. <laughs> I'm just curious, Arun, did you see uh, Facebook's uh, version of your... I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. When I saw that, I was telling my church, you know, uh, hey, look, guys, now COVID-19, we don't know what to do as a church, right? Everyone's stuck at home. Guess what? You've got tons of needs to fulfill. <laughs> you, you just open Facebook COVID Center and you just go and see there. Offer help. There's tons of people requesting for help on Facebook. Yeah. So it's a pretty nice idea. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a member or I don't know. I don't know whether you guys, any of you guys are members of this group. There's this particular group on Facebook set up for churches. It's called... Uh, I don't know what's the name called, like second-hand church items oh. and stuff. So the churches donate stuff to each other. Uh, but it became a center where people, churches request for help. 
So like uh, Pastor Emil was organizing, uh, let's say, a sound tech workshop for churches, how to set up for COVID-19 and things like that. So they had a community there, but uh, that's still very limited, still very small group. So <laughs> I see your app or your platform fulfilling a, a need, especially for the churches and learning from each other. And we shouldn't be siloing ourselves, trying to figure everything out ourselves. Awesome. Yeah, maybe I'll connect with you later to find out more about the group. Yeah, so I'm not aware of it either. It's, it's something new. Yeah. yeah. What, there's a lot of things that we're actually not aware of because the connections are not happening. Mm. That's, that's where the silos are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so um, shall we agree? Like, also, what is the channel of communication that we should do? Everyone prefer WhatsApp or everybody okay with Slack or? Uh, Slack. I rarely get on to and uh, only to regularly check on the team in the USA and engineers.my Actually, I prefer Telegram, but well, WhatsApp also should work. Yeah. Okay, WhatsApp or Telegram? Let's vote. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what's Telegram, right? WhatsApp. Okay, Andrew says WhatsApp. I use both lah, but WhatsApp lah. Okay. Uh, I only use WhatsApp. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, uh, but 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 I I, I have uh, what uh, Telegram, but uh, only once in a while I I kind of open it. Okay. Lisa. WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> okay, la, I think majority. La. Sorry, la, Nicholas, we use WhatsApp. La, bro. Oh, well, then that works fine. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we established the comms channel with WhatsApp. And for next meetup, um, when do you guys think we should do that? Should we do it like a fortnight thing or a monthly thing? or a... What do you think is a good cadence to have? I think usually meetups are a monthly thing, right? Yeah, usually monthly. Uh, the most frequent I, I know of is fortnightly. Uh, I, I know there's a JavaScript Kuala Lumpur that, that used to have like fortnightly. The first meeting is the basic meeting or the general meeting. Then the second meeting is usually a more technical meeting. So I don't know, whatever works here. What do you guys think? Huh? It's for uh, anything will do for me as long as it's in the night. Sir, <laughs> uh, so, so Andrew, sir, so I is one month, once a month, I'm sorry, monthly. Monthly. Yeah. Yeah, we could shift the time to start at 8.30 or something like that. Yeah. Maybe eight it might be a bit too early for some people. Okay. So maybe we can start off as a monthly thing and then uh, play by ear if we need to do any ad hoc sessions or any particular topic if needed. La. Yeah. Sounds good. And then uh, maybe a, a better day. I think Tuesday is also a popular day for a lot of other meetups and connect groups as well. 
is uh, or is this Tuesday work in case we want to you know invite any of our other friends or because some of the guys couldn't join because they had prayer meeting tonight. Mm, what yeah, I think yeah, is, yeah. is that uh, if you put the schedule up uh, early, so everybody can manage their time accordingly. Mm. I mean, just say that uh, for the entire year, we're going to have it on the third uh, Tuesday of the month. And mm. it's fixed. And then people manage their time accordingly. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's how other meetups are run. <laughs> uh, we are good. You say something, Andrew. I was gonna say if you grow as a group, it doesn't matter which day. Every day, sure, got clash. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, every day there's a clash. Like, like certain uh, churches and all that, they have uh, Wednesday classes. So that's yep. the thing. Mm. Except Monday, but no one wants to come on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, Friday everybody's out for for cell group, for care group, or whatever. Okay, so this is um, this is this is the fourth Tuesday of the month. Um, mm. Which should we should we fix it as the fourth fourth Tuesday of uh, October for the next one, or yep. the third Tuesday? Let's see what's the month looking like. One, two, three. Which is the twenty seventh of October, twentieth or twenty seventh? Which one do you think better? Twentieth is actually one month left from now. 20th of October, Tuesday, for the next one. Uh, I'm okay with 20 years. 27th, that is a public holiday week. Um, I think 20th is better because today is 22nd, so it's like a month from now. Like. Something like that. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so let's fix for 20th for now. If we need to change, we can always talk about it in the group. Like. And um, we also... Is that okay? Yeah, for now. Like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Good. And the other thing is, um, it'd be great if we can, since we spoke a lot about what this is about today, if we can share this to anyone else that we may know and get more and more people on board. It doesn't have to be software; it can be anything that's contributing to the infrastructure. And um, yeah. And that's all from my side. Anybody, guys, you guys, have any thoughts, feedbacks on? This. I, I think this oh, is a great yeah. first session. Yeah. Do click like uh, on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do. <laughs> uh, eventually, we have a YouTube channel, <laughs> but not, not yet. <laughs> Alright, right, cool. So, uh okay so uh i think we're heading to 9 30 already so if you've got nothing else maybe we can just close in prayer and then uh, i i think i should have mm, yeah all your numbers i'll just form the group later all right i think okay. anybody want to volunteer to close in prayer hmm? okay okay i pray i pray i pray Thank you, God, for a wonderful beginning of something that is um, exciting, Lord, that um, we we are here because we recognize um, the abilities, the skills, the talent that you've given us, and we want to use it for your kingdom. We recognize that the timing is um, crucial, that this is a season of the new, 
a season of uh, equipping, a season of empowering, a season of sifting. Father, we, we believe, Lord Father, there are things that are unknown and that are, are coming. And, and you are preparing us, Lord Father, individuals and us as a church, Lord Father, uh, to, for, for what's coming. So as we are gathered here, Lord Father, we just want to thank you for giving us privileges like this that we are still able to gather and commune um, online, Lord Father, using technology, Lord Father, though we are not being able to meet in person. So we want to thank you for privileges like this that are still available today. And God, we just want to pray that you give us wisdom, you give us guidance and direction for this for this community that we are starting in, in Malaysia. Lord, that this community will be headed by you and uh, with the vision that comes from you. Lord, that you will give us ideas, you'll give us thoughts, you'll bring more people to join this community. And this will be a place, sort of a melting pot, Lord Father, for new things of God where we will be able to connect with one another to do new things, things that no one would have thought could be done. We will be able to reach out to more people using these tools, Lord Father. Father, we thank you for the wonderful works that you have begun. We are trusting you for what is to come. Lord, we believe that greater things are yet to come. We thank you for everyone who is present in this call and even those who, were, who dropped off and those who couldn't make it. Bless them, bless us all. Give us, Lord Father, strength and, and all that all that we need to um, pursue in our daily lives, Lord Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We pray that the next session will be bigger, merrier, with more ideas and discussions, Lord Father, that contribute to the ministry. We thank you, Father. We thank you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank See you, guys. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah. Bless you. Do not despise the small beginnings. Oh, amen. That was a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel free to leave a comment through any of the channels. That was a piece of the Salasin.10 podcast area. It is hoped that you have enjoyed it. If you have any issues, please feel free to leave a comment through any of the channels.